Welcome, everyone. This is the MI Sports Guys podcast, the podcast that brings you all things Michigan sports and a bit more. My name is Ben, and with me is my good friend Mitchell. How are you doing, Mitchell? Good. All right, so I uh, got some interesting news, some sad news. Tyler uh, is going to have to take a little bit of a step away for the time being. He's still going to be able to come on and, and hang out. And well, 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 us, well but... wait, wait, let's be honest. There were some tweets in this past that were dug up, and we feel it's best that he's not a part of this uh, program for the foreseeable future. Yeah, so, we had to formally separate well, ourselves from him. Um, until until the, the situation was resolved, we found it best uh, – that this be the approach from here on out. That's all we'll say about it. But yeah, yeah, no further comment. No further comment. Uh, all right, let's just talk about some football. So, what what were you thinking of this last week? How how are you feeling about football so far? Well, we're off in the nascent period of the season, but tell you what, Premier League has a lot to offer this year. The Tottenham Hotspurs were absolutely decimated by the team they played against. An absolutely abysmal performance of zero to three. Uh, Flags all around, yellow cards, red cards, orange cards, green cards. We talk we about American football here. Now. Oh, I don't know. I gave up on that sport. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a tough week to to be rooting for that sport. Even just outside of uh, Alliance fans. I mean, we can talk about the officiating a little bit later. But, I mean, just nationally, it sounds like, you know, officiating has really been bad this year. I mean, look what happened to Mahomes, um, the game, not the game that they played last night against the Broncos, um, but the game prior where they had like a clear pass interference call and he threw it up there on a huge play and expected the call and they didn't do it. So um, this is why we should have done more prep because I disagree with you on that. I think that was the right call they made. Really? You you think that he threw it out the, out the, I mean, he threw it up there and he clearly was baiting for a foul. I mean, it's not how you want to see. You're the talking sport, about but... the one with the, the there was an interception on the play. Yeah, yeah. Travis Kelsey basically got tackled or something like that. And so no, um... what ha- it was holding after the ball was thrown. They said, which is wouldn't affect the outcome of because of the play because he wasn't the intended target. Yeah, but I mean, it, he was held. Which, in my understanding, is if you're holding one ball in the air, that's pass interference. So I guess it's only it pass w- interference if it's a catchable ball. And since he Kelsey wasn't targeted, then it wasn't pass but interference. You, but it felt like if he wasn't held, he might have been able to get at least in the area where it could have been but it slightly wasn't, catchable. The ball was in the end zone and Kelsey was uh like ten yards out from the line of scrimmage. It wasn't I, Kelsey wasn't the target, so it's not pass interference. Maybe that's a bad example, but I mean, the whole reviewing uh, pass interference, I mean, what, 10% of them have been overturned, and so it feels like just like a bait to waste a timeout. And beyond that, it's like... Back to the... You're going on, let's go back to going over the calls this week anyways. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Go back to... You're going over all the controversial calls, and I interrupted you. No, I mean, that that was the only one outside of the Lions ones, which, you know, we can talk about a little bit later. I, I mean, there was the... There was the Jarvis Landry call. There was there's a lot of controversial calls. Yeah, I, I felt like it was all I remember seeing. You know, listening to the radio on Monday morning and Tuesday morning was these officials are horrible. It's you know just a, a terrible week for them. But you know, the what I've kind of believed, and this is um, kind of contrary to like what some people might believe, but like if you're not good enough to kind of beat the refs and your opponent, you probably don't deserve to win. I say that not because like the refs are baited or on one side of the team, but it's, 
it's unreasonable to expect a perfectly evenly called game. Like there's gonna every time the refs are on the field, they're gonna make mistakes that sway the game into one team's favor, even if it's the slightest margin. I mean, what happened to Lions was huge, but even like slightest margins, if you're not good enough to like overcome that, then you know you probably not that you didn't deserve the win or that you didn't like have enough to win, but you can't be like expecting the refs are going to be exactly even on calls. Like even if they were the same yardage and same number of calls, I mean, the moments of the plays and the calls, like if it's a third and 10, even if it's 15 yards is bigger than a first down or like a, a second and 10 where, you know, they had another shot at it. So it's like, you have to come into this with the expectation that the games are going to be evenly called. And, um, Sometimes they're really poorly called, like what we saw the Lions. So, you know how there's the Mamba mentality? Yeah, Mamba mentality, Kobe. Yeah, so I would describe what you just said as the bootlicker bravado in that that's stupid (laughs) attitude to have. Um, If if football is a game of inches and you have uh, refs spotting one unevenly one team yards and critical moments, then it's by definition, like you can't overcome it as a team. Uh, regardless, I think it's such a bootlicking idea that oh, we should have scored more points or we should have gotten more touchdowns. But yeah, that's not the point. The point is that there were critical blown or missed calls in extremely important moments. And I don't think it's an, I think that's a, such a defeatist attitude to go into it expecting. Uh, the game to not be called fairly uh, fairly meaning yeah there's going to be some calls that go one way or the other but to the point uh fairly meaning not extremely egregious game uh calls that turn the outcome of the game mm-hmm. you, yeah it's not that saint's fault that that wide receiver got tackled and then the rams win that's obviously it's such a dumb mentality in my opinion at least we should you should no, yeah, have reps in the conversation of who won at all I mean, yeah, they, they shouldn't they shouldn't be a part of it. And I guess when it's like extreme situations, like what happened to the Saints last year and even sort of what happened to the Lions, um, it just it doesn't it feels horrible in the moment, but I'm sure that if you were to like really be honest with yourself, like if think about it this way, we had like against this Lions game and and now we're basically getting into it, like we kicked five field goals and, and that on some level probably is unacceptable to beat a team like Green Bay in Green Bay. Now, yes, the refs kind of handed them the game there, especially near the end with those two flags. But if you get one touchdown, none of that matters. If you if you can't, you know, that whole drop by uh, TJ Hawkinson, if he catches that, then we're not talking about those flags because they don't even matter because we would probably end up winning that game. And so it's just one of those things that, yeah, it, it sucks that it happened, but you have to look at, you know, how could have we – like perform better and all that stuff. And it is a little defeatist to come in with the idea of like, oh, these well, refs are going to suck, but well, it's, not only defeat, do. it's not only defeatist, that attitude is, I mean, not to make light of it, but there's a sense in what you're saying, what, what you're saying is essentially just victim blaming, like, oh, they shouldn't have done that. It's, you shouldn't yeah, have yeah. been out in the alley at night. That's why you got mugged. It's like, no one's at fault for getting mugged ever. I think That's in that true. sense, uh, Green, look at Green Bay is a top defense in the league. Not teams have not scored a lot of points against them, so you can't say, "Oh, the Lions should have scored more than 22 points away uh, than they would have won." That's not the attitude you'd go. You should, 
I mean, not at least not immediately. You got to factor in everything else. Yeah, and I'm, I'm totally, I totally get that. It was completely the refs. The refs on those two calls were, you know, horrible. That that last call, I mean. I can understand the first one a little bit. If you really looked at it in slow motion, you know, going full speed, his ch- his hand was like probably just under his throat, and you know he might have been able to get a penalty for that. But if you, in slow motion, it definitely doesn't look like a penalty. But that second one was horrible. It was not even near his throat; it was on his left shoulder. Um, and on top of that, Trey Flowers had never been called for a flag like that before, and so just just really bad officiating there that you know end up costing you know the Lions a chance to win the game. So, and not only that, uh, you talk about like, oh, we should have been better than that. The fact is, especially that last call, the Lions weren't given an opportunity to be better than that because the game was essentially over at that point. Yeah, you should. I mean, have once to, you, they got that first down, there's nothing Lions could do. They just sort of sit around and hope so they miss like, the field goal. I, I guess to some extent, I understand you got to play better than the refs. But when the refs are making calls that essentially end the game, then. The, like yeah. you're saying, they got to play better than some an event they didn't know was going to happen. Yeah. So, so how do how do we fix this? Something I I had thought of prior to this is, um, you don't want the whole reviewing penalties can't really be something you see throughout the game. So I was thinking maybe what if in the last two minutes of a game you have the ability to challenge any penalty, and it goes to review and and all that stuff because to re- have a challenge and review on every single penalty is going to slow down the game way too much. But in those key moments where it's like, if this call is wrong, we lose the game. It, but, it's too serious to like let that slide. But don't aren't you giving teams a free timeout when you do that, especially when it's two minutes? Doesn't that go dip against the point of not giving them challenges in two minutes? Yeah, but obviously. Okay, you can't do it unless you have a timeout then. That that makes sense. You're right. Like you, I mean, that's what I mean. People don't have challenges, but they call timeouts and they go over to the refs and be like, "Hey, why don't you take a look at that?" I mean, I'm, I'm sure yeah, that's unofficially. I don't think happening. that's the answer because, uh, I mean, that's the mentality of being able to challenge pass interference, and the the point has been made that they're not going to likely overturn subjective calls like that. Yeah. I think the better avenue is just. Giving the refs, like I heard Sky Judge as like an option is having a guy up in the box who has more of a bird's eye view of the game and can just offer another perspective in refing. Um, yeah. But I'm not super against that. automatically reviewing all penalties because the game is already slow as is. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, whenever there's a penalty, there's still going to be a commercial break, anyways. So it's like, it, yeah. A moot point, or and half the time they nowadays at least it seems like this year that uh, they're not even showing parts of the game in favor of showing commercials. Like how often this year do you hear oh, during the break the play was overturned? Like, yeah, or like, like you never do because because a um, I think the refs are trying to like they got really burnt down last last year when the saints thing happened, they got, you know, a lot of flack because that was horrible. And so this year they're like, all right, we'll add in this review, but just to make people happy, but we're not going to actually overturn any calls because we want to kind of protect our guys. We don't want, you know, to make this guy look like a horrible rep because he constantly misses past interferences and stuff like that. So, um, Right. Yeah, I don't I don't know the solution. I don't like this guy judge because then like how is it gonna work? Like that guy's up there watching in slow motion, calls down, says, Hold up, let me rewatch this and just really in slow motion and then they're holding up the play, you no, know. Not at all. 
How, See, how would that work? It would be no different than what's going on already when they have uh, refs convene after something and they discuss it instead of just having guys on the field. You would also have a guy up top with a bird's eye view. Yeah, but then what if you know what if an offense is just running hurry up? Like, are they going to stop them? Like, it's, like ben, ben, the Packers were like, not going like to stop them. What I'm suggesting and what people are suggesting is literally no different than what's already happening, where you have a series of referees communicating with each other. The difference being, there's another referee or maybe one of the referees in a skybox that's also communicating with the other referees. It would be no different in that respect. Fair enough. I mean. It could it could work. It definitely isn't going to happen this year. They can't answer to it, but maybe next preseason. I just think that a few years back we were against reviews. We were, we didn't want things reviewed, and now we're kind of switching on to this. Like we want everything reviewed to be exactly correct. And I think when you go down that path, you start encroaching on baseball game speed, where it's like, you know, we're going to take a minute to make sure we got this exact play right. Which you know, I I see the value in getting the play right. But at the end of the day, there's going to be mistakes that kind of make the game what the game is. Now, unfortunately, when there are huge mistakes like what happened to the Lions, it really sucks. Yeah, let's move on, though. We, we've yeah, exhausted. Yeah, we've hit, the, we've hit this pretty well. Um, let's talk about Lions going forward, though. So um, I did some quick little research while we were getting prepared here. Um, just looking at the Lions' schedule, I kind of uh, you know charted out the remaining wins and losses against teams. And they're, they're like strength of schedule i guess i would call it is like 32 and 31 so just around 500 and that's the best in their division um and i think that uh let's just i don't know let's just sort of talk about what their future is like what could end up happening to this team um in the coming weeks i mean what are your thoughts uh i I can read the schedule real quick for you if you want just some of their games that they're going to be going against sure yeah, just because I, I know you probably, like, I, I try and think of their schedule. They play Minnesota this week. Then they play New York, Oakland, probably two wins there. Chicago, who, you know, Trubisky's back. You know, he'll he'll be what it is. Dallas, who looks really bad. Washington, who looks horrible. Chicago, again, who is, you know, we'll see what they are. I feel like some weeks you get a good team. Some weeks you get a bad team. Minnesota, who's, I think, pretty decent then you play tampa who's horrible denver who's horrible and then green bay again i think there's like seven games you can win here like there's seven winnable games for certain and then there's games that are close like the minnesota games and even green bay again like i think there's a chance that we we go around 11 and 5 or 11 and 4 and 1 sorry yeah it's a tough call the thing is it's it's not naive but it's so common that we go look at a schedule and say oh these are all winnable games and then yeah you know we we go three and four down the stretch or something i think we've all been kind of conditioned to do that uh so you know i don't want to discount any of the teams because there's no truly terrible teams that we're playing except Mm -hmm. maybe the redskins but you said redskins right yeah we play the redskins yeah uh... maybe the redskins so but that's the only like legitimately bad team that we play. The rest are like somewhat competitive. The Raiders have had a mid early season resurgence and turning out to be a lot more effective uh, than we thought they'd be. Even the Bears is. But I mean, if, if you're with their struggles of ha- haven't been doing great, and the Giants are only one game out of their division, so it's you know. Sucks. 
I'm, I yeah. mean, I just think we're a team that just went toe-to-toe with Green Bay and probably should have won the game. And people are now heralding Green Bay as like the NFC favorites or right up there at like Seattle. So if we can go toe-to-toe with these guys, I think you can play the schedule game and say, you know, New York is a team that we should beat. Like that shouldn't be an issue. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah, we can sit here and, you know, I just talk think about like outlines will crush everyone, but who knows? Yeah, given that we had a week and a half, like a bye week and an extra long week and still lost to the Packers. And yeah, we ultimately still did lose. Despite what I said about the ref thing, we should have won that game despite the refs. We didn't score enough touchdowns. But I feel extremely 100% justified in saying the reason we lost is because of the refs. Regardless, um, the... I don't know, man. You know how there's a moral victory? People were talking about how we had a moral victory against the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. The Chiefs was a moral victory, yeah. I feel like the opposite is that is like a demoralizing loss. And I feel like there's a potential of that occurring after the Packers loss. Or it's just like a kick in the nuts to the line. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being pessimistic. But seeing as we've lost the past two, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's there's you're definitely right. After the Chiefs lost, everyone was like, you know, this, you know, we're fine. This means we're a legit team. We're competing with Kansas City. But then you see Kansas City lose two games in a row, and you're like, okay, well, what's up with that? Like, you do the whole game where you're like, are they really that good? Are the Lions really that good? And and sort of um, go yeah, down like that Philly path. Yeah, is turning out to not be so great, and Chargers are two and four now. So it's like even our impressive wins aren't that impressive yeah. in hindsight. Yeah, but. I don't know. I just kind of, I kind of believe this team. The one thing that is the most concerning um, with this team is the lack of run game. I mean, when we kind of came into the season, you know, Matt Patricia was preaching, we're going to be a defensive first and we're going to run the ball and control the clock. Um, was he? I felt like he was. I mean, that's what I was hearing on, on he was definitely defense first. And I, and I don't think he was talking about Stafford being like a gunslinger, like uh, Patrick Mahomes. And um, I just feel like maybe if, even if he wasn't talking about it, what can make this team like really good is if they can get you know the running game going, the ability to control the clock, you know, give your defense rest. If you, I don't, um, I don't buy that. I just, I don't really care about the run, honestly. All that matters is moving down the field. I guess I'm being a contrarian here, but uh, you know, a lot of that time they say, oh, the teams that run the most or win the most, but that's because you know teams that are ahead tend to run out the clock more. I think generally, you know, I, I'm, I feel like we're, our offense is in a good position minus the red zone. And I like that we aren't running a, a bunch because that's not our strength. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, it, it, never it should really never be needs a, to be your strength, but you want it to should never be, be a team to control the clock. Like, how, when was the last Super Bowl team that said, yeah, our biggest strength is our run game? Not in this decade, but you you need to be able in the fourth quarter be like, okay, we're up by ten points, and we don't want them to get two possessions. Let's take six minute drives and just crush them. And I don't think the yeah. Lions necessarily have that because that's what you know the situation. We, I mean, if you really look at this Green Bay game, I, we're going back to it over and over again. But we were up by what nine with like ten minutes left or something like that. Like if we could just control the clock, like a five minute drive and just kick a field goal, we win the game. It's, I don't know, I, Packers are good. They have a good defense, whatever. Um, but yeah, we, we've pretty much hit it on Lions. I actually think they're going to bounce back. Um, I think they're going to win this weekend against Minnesota. 
I actually think that they uh, are pretty fired up after some of the things they've seen Minnesota say about them. So, um, yeah, let's uh, move yeah, on. Unless you have wrong. any more thoughts, I guess. Uh, nope. All right, let's uh, let's talk a little Pistons because uh, do you believe it? NBA starts in like eight days. It's just around the corner. Yeah, you forget how sw- short the NBA offseason is because how much NBA stuff still goes on in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, the last time we saw a Pistons play was five months ago, but I feel like we were just talking about them two months ago or something like that. So um, I'm pretty excited for the NBA season as in general starting. I mean, we won't dive into it. Um, I just am a huge NBA fan. I think it's the best league in the world. It's so entertaining, but uh, it's the best league in the world. If you, yeah, if you actually, I wouldn't say that after the what's gone down the past two weeks. Okay, they they made some mistakes. I, I will I won't deny it about you know China. I think they could have handled that better, um, especially yeah. some Chairman of the LeBron. Yeah, you see LeBron sort of ripping on Maury. You know, that guy just wants to protect his pocket. So we'll see. Yeah, LeBron is a clown, absolute clown, and the Lakers are a dumpster fire organization. All right, keep going on about Pistons. <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually think the Lakers could be good this year. But yeah, about the Pistons. No, I don't mean that as a talent thing or good wise. I just mean like. Oh, uh, they're just a bad run organization, poorly run organization. No, not even that. It's just, I don't know. No, does anyone in the, like the Lakers that isn't a Lakers fan? There's no one. No one's ambivalent on the Lakers. No, but the Lakers are definitely like the Cowboys. I mean, let's I be mean, honest. The Lakers would be like the worst team in the league if they weren't in the best market in the league. Yeah, they they get a ton of coverage, even though they suck. They're, I mean, they're just there's like not the, even any lakes in Los Angeles. Like, what's well, that's because they're originally from Minnesota. No, they have the same colors as the Vikings. I know, but yeah, I I think it's. I think they're like the Cowboys of the NFL. They always have the national coverage game because they got so many fans. Um, but let's move on. Let's talk about the Pistons. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm kind of nervous for the season. I think people are excited for it, and I think that there's a, you know, you can be excited for it, and I think there could be some hope. But I am actually really fearful that this season's going to go south really quickly. I think there's a world where we're talking in December, like, how are we getting rid of Blake? How are we blowing this up? Because if you really think about it, Andre Drummond's contract is expiring. He's done. Um, so is Reggie Jackson's. So it's it might be the perfect time. This sounds like horrible, but it might be the perfect time to kind of you know reset after this season. What were you thinking? I don't know. I feel like the NBA is kind of a broken league. They need like to patch it or something. What do you mean? What's broken about it? Because the only way you can really be competitive is by tanking. And the only way you can really tank effectively is by getting lucky or getting rid of star players. So it's like, I don't know, It's or being a really good market. So it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Teams yeah. like in football, there's some like, I, can't, I was going to say the Browns, but they turning out not so good. I don't know. Small market teams like Kansas City Chiefs can be good, but you know, no one's ever going to be afraid of the uh, Hornets. True, but that I mean, I was wrong by the way. Andre Drummond does have one more year. He's got a player contract, which he'll definitely pick up at twenty eight million. But ah, uh, you never know. <laughs> hey, I'm just going to pass on his twenty million. Is that okay? Uh, no. Uh, although I, mean, I think that there's. Yeah, I mean, you never know. There is a there's a world where teams in smaller markets 
He'd be uh, eligible for a Supermax. Yeah, but there ain't no one. If the Pistons give the Supermax to that guy, I, I like I like Andre. I think but he's you a put decent player. <laughs> I don't know. If they do, I might be out on this team. Like, I don't know if I can, you know, in a good conscience, root for a team that pays Andre Drummond, uh, someone who has never shot, uh, shot outside of 10 feet, Super max money. I would that would be horrendous. That'd be egregious uh, misuse of money. Someone needs to arrest the their uh, president or general manager for what he's doing. But I think if you look at this roster, yeah, there's some guys that you can get hopeful about. Hey, if Derrick Rose is really good, this team could actually sort of turn around. But if he's bad or injured, and if Reggie Jackson is you know not so good, which I don't really know if he is. Tony Smell, who literally just got no minutes on the Bucks. I know they were deep, but he didn't play at all on the Bucks. Like, I just don't see a lot of guys outside of Blake where I'm like, I'm excited for him. Luke Kennard, but at the end of the day, this is his third year, and I've never really been outstandingly impressed. I mean, he's a good shooter and has good moments, but when you compare it to some other guys in his class, like... You know, Donovan Mitchell, it looks bad. Yeah, he's a white guy, so people overhype him a lot. Yeah, like he's the, you know, he's Zach Zenner. Yeah. He's a Zach Zenner of the Pistons. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think Luke is, he's good. And I think he has, he's going to be in the league a long time because he can shoot, and that's fine. But he's not a starting five shooting guard right now. And he, I don't know if he will start on this team. I don't know how they're exactly going to fill it out, but he's not a starting guy. Um, I, I just am nervous. I think that in December we're going to be looking at this team and maybe we're, you know, 18 and 26 or whatever we'll end up being. And we're like, how do we blow this up? How do we get rid of this? And I don't know. I think it's going to be moving off Blake. I think you got to trade Blake to a team that wants uh, a new power forward, someone that's going to help them win a championship. I honestly think that's what it's going to be. And I hate to say it because I really love Blake. Um, just from what he did last year, but if you're a Pistons fan, you cannot be okay with making the eight seed and being swept again. You just you have to you have to wake up and be like, this is not okay. And I hope that happens this season, kinda. Yeah, I don't know. Blake would be hard to trade though because of his contract. You got to find like the matching amount, right? Um, yeah. You, I mean, what probably so? There's a few situations like- here. Um, there's there's some things that they could do. So, for example, Portland has got uh, Whiteside, who's an expiring contract. You could trade him oh, out that, that way. Could, and will yeah. we get the first rounder, maybe? Yeah, we get you know we give up Blake, we get Blake, we get back Whiteside, a first round pick, and you know we don't have to. We he's expiring contract. We can dump him after this year. Um, there's a few contracts out there. Paul Millsap, his expiring contract. Like I think there's some people out there we could talk to blake's only 30 years old he's not like ancient i mean his knees and injuries is a is an issue but if you told him like hey get here portland take this guy he's gonna get you 26 points he's gonna hustle hard um i think portland will take that and we'll take white side and get off the contract and blow it up so yeah it'll be interesting yeah you're the nba guy are you an are you a pistons fan now then yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I still or, uh, like Suns. I'm, I'm or Jazz. I, I will admit, or Timberwolves. I'm not. I'm out on the Timberwolves. Okay, not out completely. On the Timberwolves. Have you sold all your stock in the Timberwolves? 
I have not sold my stock completely. Okay, Ben, Ben. Just Carolina. Want, you have breakup percentages of how much you're a fan of okay. each team Does of the four teams team? mentioned. Okay. Yeah, the four teams mentioned. Because if it's Ricky Rubio, I'm 100% Rubio. Um, just kidding. So, so what percentage are you a Suns fan? What percentage Jazz fan? What percentage Timberwolves fan? And what percentage Pistons fan? Hold on, I'm doing some math in my head. Uh, Suns, I'm going to go 25%. Okay. And then I'm going to do 25% Jazz. Oh, wow. So Rubio doesn't hold any, like, you're the same for Rubio's formal team as you are his new team. Yeah, but at the end of the day, yes. Is that because the Jazz? Good decisions. Uh, I'm going to go 40%, 40% Pistons, 10%. Like, Wolves are like the team where I'm like, I'm not watching their game, but I have them like a notification on my app and I see if they win. I'm like, go team. Good job. But like, you know, the Pistons and the Jazz, I'm, I see the game and be like, hey, maybe I can watch that tonight. Maybe I can see it. Same with the Suns. Um, those are teams I'll like actually turn on the game for. Uh, really quickly. So, I, I got something here. Um, I'm trying to find it. Um, last thing before we we wrap this up, I'm trying to figure out the over under percentage or like what's the over under for the Pistons. You ready? I don't really know. I don't really know how those work, but okay. No, just I'm gonna say like a win oh, total. Just, okay. And then you sort of think, say, I think they're gonna win more games, or I think they're gonna win less games. You ready? Okay. Yeah. All right. I still can't find it. I don't know what's going on here. Um. All right, I got it. So, do you, so the over under is thirty seven and a half. Are you taking the over or the under? Um, I think for the, what team? For the Pistons. So thirty seven and a half. You probably going around forty six losses. Then forty seven losses. So, uh, what? Do, yeah. What do you you think? They're. I would go under. I don't think they're. I think they might be like a 35 win team, 34 win team. I'm gonna go over. I think the uh, the Pistons are a 67 win team. 67 win team. Okay, you, you're you're drinking the Kool Aid too much. I my think man. The, I think the Pistons are a 67 win team. Jason Tatum's really good. Oh my god. <laughs> wrong team, r- wrong franchise, but good try. Um, yeah, I think that'll wrap it up for us guys. Um, Mitchell, you have any other things to say? Any other thoughts, comments, concerns? Go Hot Spurs! Well, thank you to everyone that has listened this far. Really appreciate you. I also thank you to Mitchell for uh, recording this with me. Uh, if you guys like this, drop a share, drop us a like, retweet, whatever you got to do. Uh, really appreciate all the listeners out there. Comment on our stuff. Uh, we'll have more coming to you guys soon. Thanks.